Drama City Productions presets. Immersion Rig now online. Welcome nerd. Now generating episode 78. Featuring horror, comics, movies, wrestling. Full immersion begins in three, two, one. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Dave. And this is the Amazing Nerd Show. So, Damon. I'm not actually here at the moment. That's right. You're like Mysterio. <laughs> yes. Um, Lord of Illusions. I haven't been on a plane since sixth grade. Okay. Well, do you want to explain to people why you're well, not I'm, actually I'm, here? I'm going on you're my first... You're going to go long form here? Yeah, I, was, I always go long form. That's How do you think I graduated high school? All right. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> Riddle me this, Christian. Go ahead. What, what, what do you mean? You haven't been on a plane. I haven't been on a plane since the sixth grade. I went to Boston with my mom. Really? Because you've been on a couple trips the past year or so. Were you taking no, trains? Um, yeah, I take the train down to really? Springfield. Oh, okay. So to Springfield. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> this is my like first vacation in like, forever. Yes. Yes. So are you like terrified? Oh, I am absolutely terrified. I keep looking up stuff online about my airline as well, and they're like having a trade dispute with their maintenance guys. Oh, so you're um, scared of a strike? <laughs> not just that, but it's like it's the maintenance guys oh, that work on. They're the not going to sabotage plane. the planes, Christian. <laughs> That's not going to help their cases. Well, they're the the airline, which is. I'm. I'm not gonna say the airline. Sorry. Okay. The airline is like wants to send their plane. <laughs> Do you think they're gonna listen to this show and be like, "Fuck this guy"? <laughs> Who knows? The airlines want to send their planes to other countries to get worked on and do things that are below regulations. So you think there's going to be like some disgruntled like mechanics, you know, not, you know, giving their 100% and yeah. it's going to take down your plane. Yeah. You know, you're safer in a car than yes. you are in an airplane. I know. <laughs> but I haven't been in a plane since sixth grade. Okay. So. Fair enough. Fair enough. Just get loaded, man. <laughs> I'm not joking. Get loaded in the lobby? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. No, man. I'm going to play. Just don't get so drunk that you're like belligerent getting out of the plane because they will kick you yes. off. I don't want to see you on the news. No, I'm but... going to play it tough guy style through the entire thing because I got to be, my girlfriend's going with me. I got to like, she's terrified of playing. Oh, so, I gotta so you got to be strong for yeah. it, huh? <laughs> You're going to be crying into her shoulder <laughs> midway through the flight. Yes. My so, problem is, yes. now, I'm sorry, and this isn't going to help oh, you no at worries. all, but my problem is like recently when I flew is I'm getting bigger as I get older, unfortunately. Mm. You know, I'm getting an old fat guy at this point. And like those plane seats aren't getting any bigger with me. So where I used to be okay, like, you know, in the middle seat, I can't handle it anymore. Mm. Especially for like a three hour flight. So I start getting like claustrophobic. It's so awkward because like you're never sitting next to anyone you know. So you're trying not to like invade in their, you know, people's space. Um, it was just like like near panic attack for me on the flight. So I'm, I'm, it's good that you're going with your girlfriend. <laughs> yes. So you're not like, you know, I'm, I'm assuming your seats are next to each other. I luckily had, well, they're just randomly pick seats. I, I went the cheapest. Oh, Jesus possible. Christ. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I luckily have like 
um, this mentality where if I'm in a crowded setting, I can just shut it down and not be claustrophobic in that moment. Really? Like, um, like awesome. when I go to, um, like if I I'm went jealous. to Lala or something like that, uh-huh. and it's just like a massive crowd, I just, I go with the punches. I You know, you crowds know. like that don't bother me because I feel like I could fight my way out. You know, <laughs> true. So, but like, <laughs> it's in like I'm in this fucking flying tin can. I'm not helping you at all. No, no. <laughs> you know, hundreds of feet in the air, and I'm just thinking, man, I like I, I always end up having to go to the bathroom, and that's the worst to be like, you know, have to like get through people. Mm. And I was also flying a shitty fucking airline, so there's no like leg room or anything like that. So it's just like, you know, like I gotta go to the bathroom. Sorry, I'm an asshole. You know, and the bathroom was like, for some reason, I've never had this before, was in the middle of the fucking plane. Usually it's at the back. Yeah. For some reason, the bathroom was like in the, I don't know if this is a new thing, but it was in the middle of the fucking plane. So you felt like you're just, it's just awkward as all hell, mm. you know, because if you're in there too long, everyone knows what the fuck you're doing, you know. And then, yeah, you know, if you're doing what they think you're doing, you know, then they know where that smell is coming from. <laughs> and it's your fault. You know, yeah, so, <laughs> and then you got to shove past everyone again, you know, you just don't want to be that guy. Yeah, but, but like I said, I'm a big guy and sometimes I got to go. So <laughs> it just sucks. It just sucks. So what I'm trying to say to you is take the train. <laughs> <laughs> That's too long of a trip, man. I mean, you're perfectly safe on the plane itself. It's just the awkward social situations. That you get into. I mean, hopefully, I'm there right now, having a good time. I'll be at RTX. <laughs> if you know, if you're one of our Texas listeners and you're going to RTX, I'll be there with the title. Uh, definitely come visit me. I'll be running around. That's right. We are pre-recording this yes. episode. This is actually a two for for us. Mm. Uh, we recorded episode 20. 20, 20 Jesus geez. 77. Muscle, muscle relaxers are kicking in, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Bad back. That's okay. I'm going to make it through. Uh, episode 77. Yes, there This you is go. episode 78? Yes. Okay, whatever. Um, yes, back to back. Mm. So there will be no news this week because why put on a bunch of dated shit at this point? This will be dropping the Friday of 4th of July week. Yes. So happy 4th of July. USA. <laughs> USA, right? <laughs> no? <laughs> I'm, I'm as much of a fan of our country right now as I am WWE. So let's. <laughs> I agree. Um, but anyway, so, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, me and my daughter actually sat down and watched Empire Strikes Back, Christian. I know we talked about it a couple episodes back. She watched A New Hope with me. She's four, mm. you know, so I was slowly introducing the world of Star Wars. Um, that's the movie of all movies. Yes, yes, that is one of my favorite movies of all time, if not my favorite movie of all time. So, but I told you how I was trying not to spoil the whole fucking Vader, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, angle with her, um, and you know, I successfully did it. You know, um, she had no clue that it was coming when it did. So we got to the big fucking battle at the end of the sh- of the movie, um, you know, between Vader and Luke. You know, Luke gets his hand off, which right away she was like, do lightsabers do that? And I was like, yes, they do that. <laughs> but stay with me, because with the four-year-old, they can easily get distracted. They're like pigeons. So I was like, no, keep on watching, keep on watching. And then, you know, Vader says the words, you know, I'm your father. And her jaw, because that's the moment I wanted, you know. 
her jaw literally hit the ground. She just was completely in denial right off the bat. Like, <laughs> he's not his spot. Like, going back and forth. And I was like, no, he is. I had to reassure her a couple times. She's like, what? Um, and then she, like, literally was like, well, she's got, he's, he's got to listen to him then. <laughs> <laughs> so we know what side of the force she's on. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Sith all the way. But yeah, it was an awesome moment. You know, I was glad to actually, like, you know, I actually I actually uh, recorded it too <laughs> and sent it to my sister who's also yes. a big Star Wars fan but I was I was glad to give that moment to her because I remember that moment and oh God I feel like it's just a big milestone for any kid mm-hmm. you know um, but yeah yeah it, it was it was awesome it was awesome now, and she's jonesy to see return so that's what we got next up on the queue she well, wants to get to what she calls the rain movies do you want to do it that way or are you gonna do it like where they do episode one, two, three, then you go back to. Return. I don't have patience for that, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a prequel guy, so uh, my sister mentioned the prequels to her, which I was, uh, you know, I was gonna show them to her eventually, but you know, my daughter knows Star Wars through the toys, through Forces of Destiny, um, you know, the little cartoon show that they have, so she knows about Rey. So like during A New Hope. I had to explain to her, Ray's not in these movies. She's not in the first three movies. You're going to have to wait. Um, so, you know, I had her kind of all, like, excited for Forces, uh, Force Awakens. So then my sister, you know, after I sent her a little video of Ava, you know, freaking out over Vader, um, she mentions, you know, oh, you can actually see, you know, little Vader, you know, like, little Attican growing up, and you can see what happens and what turns him into it. So now my daughter's like, God damn it, Noel! (laughs) (sighs) You know, because I don't want to relive those movies, and I'm terrified as a father that she's going to turn into a Jar Jar Binks fan. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't think she's going to really get all the political turmoil that's going on in half those fucking movies. At least she'll like trade disputes and like, like what the fuck is this? She'll get to enjoy the duel of fates. That's you'll have her running around the house, and we're already. We're already, like, having lightsaber battles, like, two or three times a week. Uh, That's why I'm on the muscle relaxers right now. Because of all the fucking dueling I've been doing with my daughter. So, um, but yeah. No, it's, it's been fun. It really has been. You know, like I said, it's a huge milestone for any nerd out there. And that kid doesn't have a goddamn chance. <laughs> she will definitely be a giant nerd when she grows up, so. But yeah, no. Fatherhood, yay. Yay. If <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned my wife hates Star Wars. Oh, I did not So, yeah, that. she's loving all this. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so like I was saying, we are recording this on the uh, 27th. Yes. So we have no news. Um, but, Christian, you did see a movie. Yes. I saw it just for this episode. Damn yes. Me. And... Muscle relaxers, so I did not see the movie. <laughs> I couldn't imagine sitting in the theater for another two hours after watching Child's mm. Play. You know, my back was already, like, seizing on me there. So Christian took one for the team. Yes. Well, not necessarily took one for the team. <laughs> we'll wait for the review. Um, but you saw Annabelle comes home. Every evil the Warrens have faced is contained in the artifact room. There is a lot of evil in this room. The doll. It's a beacon for other spirits. Nowhere is safe. 
And now, our feature presentation. All right, so just to give you a short synopsis. Uh, while babysitting, the daughter of Ed and Lorraine Warren, a teenager and her friend, unknowingly awaken an evil spirit trapped in a doll. First of all, what a pair of assholes for leaving their little kid in that house with that fucking room and some fucking teenager. <laughs> right? Like, True, why, but you... the babysitter is not to blame whatsoever. No, the Warrens are to blame for leaving them in that fucking house. <laughs> like, they don't know better. Right? I mean, I didn't see the fucking movie, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> hey, it's pretty locked up and secure. Like, wouldn't you get a storage unit or something? Like, would you really put that on this, in the no, same house as I your understand. daughter? I understand. I wouldn't want that in my house either. <laughs> fucking words. Okay, anyway, go ahead. Uh, All right, so I'm, gonna, I'm definitely talking spoilers in this a bit. Uh, <laughs> so, really, the story is based around um, the, the babysitter's friend, mostly. Where the babysitter's friend comes, like, is like, oh, you're, you're babysitting, you know, the, the daughter. Warren's yeah, the Warren's daughter, daughter yeah. and everything. Uh, apparently, the babysitter's friend had uh, lost her father recently, and she wanted a way to connect back with him. So she knew they, they had connections to spiritual items and stuff like that. Okay. So okay. she comes. It's not too bad. Yeah. It's not just, because the trailer totally just makes it look like she's like a curious, mm. you know, idiotic teenager. Well, she is. Okay. But at the same time, she has her, she has motive, you know. Okay. And it that's who we see in the trailer. Yes. So is she really like the protagonist of the film or is it the daughter? Oh, I mean, it still focuses around the daughter. Okay. But I'm just saying like everything kicks off because of her. Okay. You know, um, and her need for to see her father again because apparently she accidentally killed her dad in a car crash. Oh Jesus! Okay. So she's definitely got all that guilt on her. That's and heavy. Like that. <laughs> um, I like it. <laughs> she goes into that room. She of course is touching and knocking over uh, shit. Knocking over shit. Uh huh. Um, she you know goes over to Annabelle. Oh, Annabelle! Like before she leaves the room, slams her head on the glass to get her to turn around. Okay. And she turns around to put the doll back in its retro position. Oh, opens so she opened up the fucking door. Mm. A noise distracts her when she's closing the door, and she leaves it slightly ajar. Oh. And then shit kicks no. off. Yeah. Now and she's, is it kind of, it's, I mean, it's been set up, I guess, in other movies. That Annabelle's mm. like a beacon for like other yes. demons. And, and even the beginning of this film, we start off with Ed and Lorraine and uh, bringing the doll home. And they set that up again. This is a beacon for spirits. You know, them discovering. Is that effects. a callback to another? Didn't we see that in a previous film? Did they stop in front of a cemetery? Where they, where and... they brought the doll. I just feel like we've seen them put the doll into the case. We've definitely seen them put the doll in the case in okay. a, like a, a previous Because I know they've been doing that where they like mm. do little callbacks and shit like that. But no, that. they actually like you know said, hey, we got this glass from this place. Why it's all in this case and everything. Oh, really? Yes. So there's a whole special setup with the case and everything too? Kind of, I mean, they don't... They don't so show like you, demon but they proof like, or something. Yeah. Okay. A special like holy That's glass. Cool. I dig that kind of <laughs> <laughs> Holy I mean, glass. It's more stuff that they can explore. <laughs> yes. In this universe. Oh, um, absolutely, and they so, will. <laughs> so getting into that, that's what this movie is. It's and it's, I mean, it seems like James Wan and Gary Doberman just like were sitting there, had tons of ideas, and just said, "Hey, let's throw some darts at this wall and see what." what lands you know let's come up with some cool like different demons yes. to introduce you know and you know it's like a beacon for spin-offs basically i don't have a problem with any of the monsters well except for the the hell beast was stupid and lame but everything that they you know presented us with uh was like i, I was very much interested in seeing their solo films but like 
the scares in this film are like just so just immediate jump scare, move on to the next thing. Immediate jump scare. Like, oh. and at the beginning, they, they do a good job. Like, they are, you know, they know what they're doing. You know, they're there's, building up. There's clear bad, setups so. to a jump scare, mm-hmm. and then there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's great, but as soon as things start kicking off, then it's there's there's no point to so it. is it like a jump scare like fast is it like pure jump scares because i mean <laughs> th- those uh, you know the country movies and everything like that they've got tons of jump scares in it but it's the build-up to it you know that has been so creative and so well done that made those movies successful i feel the nun i think mm-hmm. teeters on like getting to that point where it is just like jump scare for jump scare i'm not gonna lie and say that there isn't any build-up Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying the amount of buildup compared to what we've gotten in previous films is just like it's it's very everything's very quick. So it's like less like substance. let's get to it real fast, okay. you know. Okay, and that feels like that's a trend with a lot of horror mm. movies. Lately. This movie just barrels through. Like once they're like everything starts going off, they just there's no there's no stop. And this is uh, Gary Doberman's like directorial yes. like. Debut, mm-hmm. correct? After so, having written most of, he wrote like Annabelle's almost like all the Annabelles, mm-hmm. right? And he actually wrote it. Um, how was that? Like, I mean, did it show? Like, was this a like rookie effort, or did he feel like seasoned? You know, I mean, was you it could well put together. You could argue both points. I mean, there's just too much that they tried to do in one film. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, if if it was just like the fairy man was the villain of the entire film. Mm. Then I feel like we might see something on a better scale. You know, like, there'll be longer... Yeah, um, more stories involved. But In the fact that it's the fairy man, it's the hell beast, it's the bride, it's... Um, oh, Jesus Christ. Huh? <laughs> um, it's uh, Feely something, uh, Healy Feely or something like Healy that. Healy Feely? Which is like a... <laughs> It's a board game that you stick your oh mealy feely. It's a board game where you stick your hand into it and you like try to find the item of the card that you just picked up. Uh huh. Yeah. It's, yeah, I know the game. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that's the that's the and then what they pull out something or like, um I guess hands come out of it later but they don't really explore it enough. Oh, well, that's not a spinoff. That sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, were they all effective like introductions to these different like? Yeah, I, I really liked um, the Ferryman. I thought that was a really great concept. He's the one that you um, explore the most in this film. Okay. Because um, that's what, Conjuring 2, what was awesome about it is like you got like two different spirits. You know, mm-hmm. you got the nun and the crooked man. So, I mean, and you had those two mm-hmm. like demons, spirits, whatever, you know, in the film. And then you were able to kind of explore around them and get to kind of know them and you get enough of them where you want more. Mm-hmm. But I could see where if it's like just a smorgasbord of yeah. like, where it almost feel like you're just getting like teaser trailers for different movies yes. that you're going to see eventually down the line. So that, that I mean, that's unfortunate. Um, was it too much? I mean, or was it, did it work out awesome? Was it great? It was, it was too much. I okay. mean, like one character gets affected by the bride, like the whole point of the, the wedding dress is that it like, you know, turns you violent and everything, and she gets forced to put it on and everything. And then immediately later, she's out of the dress and fine. You know, there's no closure to a lot of these storylines or what's okay. going on. Until it's just the movie comes out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, I don't know. Okay, so out of the characters that they introduced, who do you want to see actually get a spinoff? 
I think the daughter. Uh, oh, uh, the villains. You yeah, mean? the villain. Yeah, I definitely want to see the fairy man. I think he's a. It's pretty much death with coins. You know. Okay. So I, I think he's a cool like. He's how? What's the character design like? Because they didn't really show. He him looks so like the Grim Reaper with coins on his eyes. Okay. Um. So very like very bone and skin and everything. Got the whole cloak. And he's basically his job is just to take you to another realm. Oh, that sounds yeah. badass. All right. There's but the like that. the the play to get to it where like coins are falling in places and there's little sound effects and like he's dragging people to pretty much hell, you know. Okay. All right. Is he like a righteous spirit or is he like only going after people who deserve to go to hell? No. Is he it's... Ghost Rider Christian? <laughs> no, he's not Ghost Rider. <laughs> okay. Um I don't know. He's just a it just seems like he's a demonic spirit that wants to, you know, I'm you sure either pay your they have the script already like yeah. in the can. Um, but so, and you mentioned the daughter. I felt like, okay, this is a way to introduce the daughter mm-hmm. more and give her more to do. So she becomes more of a, like a bigger character to like, you know, tell future stories in, like, especially like with Conjuring 3 yes. coming out. Um, did that set her up more? Like, did we build on her character? Yes. Yeah, so we see like, um, you know, her interactions as a, as a psychic more, because um, yeah. that's right she's got abilities herself mm-hmm. okay. like um, because she's able to see a dead spirit from one of her schools um, that dead spirit shows up in the house and like, shows them the way to the right path and everything so she's totally she, like uh, what's his name from Sixth Sense is that her thing kind of I mean she's got more of her mom's it's ability. more like kind yeah. of okay Lorraine's like when um, the friend calls out for help down a hallway and it's dark she's like don't go down there I can feel that something's attached to her. Mm-hmm. You know, she immediately like can sense things. Okay. Um, what about Annabelle herself? Like Annabelle just has a really. I feel like it just feels small in this film because there's so much going on. So she's not even. Like, she's she's, the, she's the cause of everything. Yeah. But her whole purpose is just to be thrown back into the case so that everything calms down again. Can they not find the doll or something? It's with the daughter at the at the um, in the bed, and that's about it. Okay. You know that part in the trailer yeah. where they show her looking up and everything? And spoilers I mean, once again, yes. Go ahead. Um, that They cut that in half. Like, you know how she does it twice? Okay. And looks and there's like a different person there? She lifts it once in the film, sees the doll and the little girl, freaks out and runs out the room. Oh, like, wow. Like, they shortened everything. So they built that for uh-huh. the trailer, the way we see in the trailer for an extra scare, basically. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Um, I found out there's a whole fucking, a huge scene in the trailer for Spider-Man Far From Home that is not in the movie whatsoever. So that's like the only thing I saw from any of the reviews that are coming out right now. Oh. Like the the big, the, the whole cop scene basically, you know, where he's like helping the cops like, uh, you know, capture a robber or something like that. Oh, that's not in the fucking movie. Oh. Right? <laughs> is that insane? That's nuts. That that's feels like what, it would be in it. That's what they're doing with trailers now. You know, hmm. I mean, so I, I'm not comparing it to this because obviously parts of that were actually in the movie, but you know, and it, maybe that's something that ended up, you know, on the cutting room floor. But yeah, it seems like I mean, people are getting a little more savvy with their hmm. trailers now. I think I just brought that up mostly just to give you an example of like how they really shortened all the scares in this film. You know, really? Okay, so like you felt like it was more effective scare in the trailer. Yeah, I felt like that really? was a better moment. <laughs> like, when we came to it, I was expecting, you know, I was like, oh, there's a dude under her blanket and yeah. everything, you know? Yeah. But, uh, huh. Well, that's disappointing. Hmm. Um, 
So did it have kind of like almost like a haunted house like effect on the movie? Yeah. Because there's those horror movies where it's just jump mm. scare after jump scare and it feels like you're just walking through a haunted house and you're waiting for the next scare to the point where you just start anticipating everything. Um, how's, how's the score? Um, I don't know. I didn't really notice much of it. Okay. I would say nothing really stood out whereas like you know, previous Conjuring films, you know, that's there. It's very yes, evident. Yes, a lot of strings, yes. you know. <laughs> um, did My thing is with scores, too, with those movies, I always feel like they telegraph everything that's mm. about to happen and shit. Um, but you didn't, you say it wasn't even noticeable. No, it's, it's, it's such a quick-paced film. Really? Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, that sounds unfortunate. <laughs> I'm still going to see it this weekend. <laughs> like... But as an advertisement for the rest of the universe, I think it's, it works, but it's not something I felt like I needed to be in a theater, you know? Which is unfortunate, because if mm. it's just really just a giant teaser trailer for all these other, you know, demonic creatures that will eventually get a spinoff, I mean, that, that kind of sucks. Because no, I, I felt like after yeah. the second movie, like, it deserved better. Like, mm. Annabelle, you know, deserved better. So... You know, did you enjoy, you enjoyed the second? Film. Yeah, okay. much better than the first one. Okay, and that's by Doberman too. I mean, mm. not directed, but like written by him. So. I don't know. I don't know if there's just a misconnection with. Like, I feel like this hurts the universe more than it does to build upon it because I mean, you're not, you know, you're you're. This wasn't scary. It's just okay. There wasn't like there wasn't any. There wasn't any tension anywhere, really. You know, no one was ever in any danger, it feels like, by the end, because no one's getting hurt. Okay. You know, like, the one time someone gets... It seems like someone gets hurt, it's just... It's a fake-out. And it's just... Okay. So is it literally them just walking around in the dark and things jumping out at them? Well, no. They, okay. they each have their own moment. <laughs> now, that would be... Because that's what I'd you're be, telling me right now. <laughs> I'd be giving it scathing <laughs> reviews if it was that. You know? Uh, I think all the actresses did their, you know, did a good job, um, but they would have done a better job with a better film. So. How much? <laughs> <laughs> it, you're, but you're saying basically it's not their fault. Yes, you know, it's what they're given. Mm. Um, what about the Warrens? Like, how much are they actually in the movie? They're in the beginning and they're in the end. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. what I kind of figured. Right? <laughs> they go on a trip, and they probably yeah. did it like on an off day from like, you know, filming Conjuring 3, mm. you know, and like, okay, well. <laughs> um, so would you feel like this is the weakest of the entries of the Conjuring universe? I still think the nun is the, well, that's hard. Because mm-hmm. at least the nun was a complete like the nun. film, it felt like. Mm-hmm. This doesn't feel like it's And I actually enjoyed the nun to a certain extent, but yeah. I, I guess I'm going to have to say this is the weakest one. Okay. Because at least The Nun like had its scares, it had its moments, and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely had atmosphere mm-hmm. for it. Um, I think the, the the scene where it's her and alone in the... We find out that she's alone in the room, and she's praying, and the demon's like attacking all the nuns in there. Yes. With her. Yes. I think that just puts that way above this film on wow. its own. Wow. So. Okay. Okay. Um... So if you were going to rate this film out of five stars, Christian? Um, I'm going to give it a two and a half. Two and a half. Okay. And I will see it, and I, maybe I'll talk about it. Hmm. If it sucked, I probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to come out and you're going to be like, this was amazing, I don't know what he was talking what about. What the fuck, Christian? You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> 
best film of all time. Um, all right, well, you know, I mean, do you, if you're a horror movie fan, do you recommend it? Is it is it basically I, a wait for the Blu-ray, wait for it to? You know, I would wait for hit like Netflix. Netflix and everything. Really, but, I mean, if you were a fan of The Conjuring, go see it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, we got other things to review this week, though. We saw a show called Jessica Jones. That's right. Hello? Jessica Jones. You are a cheater. You were given every advantage. Allowed to make mistake after mistake. You can't control yourself. You have no discipline. Just brute force. What do you want? I want you to die. So, Christian, it's the end of an era. Yes. The Marvel Netflix shows have come to a close. Jessica Jones was the last entry that we got, basically. Mm. Um, How do you think they sent us off? Um, I guess mediocrely, but, you know, I still had a lot of love for the character of Jessica Jones. And, like, even even the way that they ended the season, like, the last moments, I'm saying, not the actual episode, mm-hmm. but the last moments <laughs> with her, I think were really nice. I agree. Um, from your tone, I'm guessing I might have enjoyed it a little more than you did. <laughs> uh, but I do feel, like, I was not a fan of the second season. Hmm. So I think I did enjoy this season more than I enjoyed the second season overall. Um, but my God, those first like four episodes are such a slow burn. And I don't know if it was just a product of me knowing that this is the end, you know, for the character and her story. But I was like, Jesus Christ. Like I couldn't deal with you know, all the supporting cast this season. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's such a miserable fuck in this show. <laughs> There's no one likable, you know, besides Jessica. Um, you know, and that's just pure charisma from Kristen Ritter. Uh, but, you know, just, I understand that, like, characters need to have arcs and everything mm-hmm. like that, but I couldn't figure out what any of these characters' arcs were <laughs> at the end of this show. Like, I mean, like, Jerry great character but we spent maybe four episodes too long with her and i felt like she took up like most of like the first half of the season like i felt like we spent more time with her story than we did with jessica and And i understand like this was probably written and being like shot as you know all the netflix cancellations were going on but, I mean, even if this was going, like, this whole series was going to continue, I would still have this complaint, I think. Just, I, I like, I didn't, like, I felt like, I felt like her story was over last season. So I didn't understand why we were back here, you know. Um, you know, I felt like we were getting, like, a, a bad episode of L.A. Law. Like, it was just, it was too much. Um, I just did not care. <laughs> um, I wanted more Jessica. So You know, I, I, I followed her story really, like, I followed it through, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I liked the ending of it more where, you know, she's afraid, you know, of all of the mistakes she's made. But man, 
you know, just like after her arc in the second season, for her to make this these big mistakes, and, I felt like we we're going backwards. Yes. Yeah. So like it, it just once again, I didn't understand the character's arc, and then you know? it made her so much more unlikable. And then they they made Malcolm unlikable. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like he was the one character who was kind of pure, and they they purposely corrupted him this like season. You know, and I'm saying that even though he's like a recovering like you know addict and everything like that. He was always kind of like the ray of hope, you know, in the you know for the series. But like this season, he's just you know as miserable as everyone else, you know. I mean, even the way it ended for his character, I just felt like I was like, what I, you know, like she. It's it looks like he's gonna take over, you know, her you know PI business, but you know we'll see. You know, it, it wasn't much of an ending whatsoever. Um, you know, I just. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I under, like the theme for me was just basically, you know, the difference between like a true hero, you know, and, you know, an egomaniac. You know, like that, that that's mm-hmm. that's what like what heroism really is, um, you know, and they really explored that with like Trish and Jessica and their dynamic. Um, and I like Trish's arc this season overall, but my problem is they didn't spend enough time between Jessica with Jessica and Trish. Like we didn't have enough with those two. Yeah, sure. Like Jessica forgave, you know, basically mm-hmm. in a roundabout way, I guess, Trish for killing her mom, like after like three episodes. And there wasn't much of like a confrontation at all. Like I felt like that was going to be a running thing yeah. through the whole like CEO season, which rightfully so, you know. Um, but that didn't happen. And it's something that they could have paralleled uh, spoilers. There's something that they could have paralleled with Trish losing her mom in the season. Yes. yes. You know, it's which would have made perfect sense. And I don't know I, I don't know if that just got lost in the shuffle with like having to like focus on so many other supporting characters you know we get introduced to a new like kind of love interest um this season who's kind of helping jessica he's got the power of like he's kind of like a precog where he can like sense mm-hmm. you know p- you know people who you know who are evil i guess yes. for lack of a better term he gets like actually physically sick around people who you know are just like corrupted basically um but he's just a plot device. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not really invested. In, for me, I wasn't really invested in him at all. And then the villain, I think the sin of, you know, the worst sin of the whole show was the way they introduced the villain. It's just so like, he's just like plopped in the middle of the episode. There's no build up for his character. Um, you know, we're just kind of introduced to this guy who's, you know, you know, a, a psychopath, a serial killer. But it could have just been so like build him up, make mm. him make his character hold weight, make him seem like you know, I don't know, like someone who deserves to be on the screen with Jessica, you know, a worthy adversary. And I felt like he never felt like a true like adversary. Like it, basically, the only reason why he was allowed to like get as far as he did as a villain as a character in the series was because everyone was an idiot like i felt like like the police everyone Mm. was so fucking idiotic like the choices they're making and like they're just believing this like character for no reason whatsoever like blindly you know they didn't Um, they kept going on about how he's a mastermind and 
Are you still so smarter than everyone else? But, like, but I feel like you guys could figure this out pretty easy. Well, and then you're just saying it. You're not showing us why yeah. he's a mastermind. We're not really seeing like his plan, like hatch, where mm-hmm. we're like, oh wow, um, he's really outsmarting them. Like it never felt like that. You know, there's a few things here and there, but I mean, a lot of it's just due to like the other character's stupidity. You know, not because he's just you know this you know um, super intellect. I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, it really, you know, from the trailers, I was saying, oh, well, you know, oh, this feels like Jessica Jones versus Dexter, you know, from the old Showtime series. Mm. But we didn't even get that, you know? I mean, he was Dexter Light at best. Like, that would have been much more interesting if we got a character like that, where he was like a vigilante. We're getting the parallels between Jessica and, you know, that character. Then I could, you know, okay, mm. that makes sense. And you have the whole dynamic between Trish and she's like kind of like walking the line, you know, who am I, you know, between those two characters. It felt like it was going to be way more intense from the like trailers. Mm. And I feel like, and I know this just sounds like me, but I feel like we should have seen him doing at least one of his kills. Yes. As, as an introduction. As a, exactly. I agree. A hundred percent. 100%. Like, I never got, besides, like, we, and this is obviously a spoiler review, but, like, besides the tank with, like, all the body parts and mm-hmm. stuff like that, um, which I still don't understand why he was, like, it feels like something that could have been easily discovered, <laughs> you know? I, was it acid in the tank? What was, like... The chemical that was... Yeah. Um, was that, like, were they just, like, slowly, like... No, because th- those were all preserved perfectly. It was, just, But he just had a chemical agent in there... To, to kill whoever, <laughs> to kill whoever goes into the why room. wouldn't you get rid of the trophies? Though? I feel like he was smart enough to be able to pour acid on all of this yes. stuff and get rid of it. Yeah, get some fucking lime, man. What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it, yeah, I, it, he just didn't work for me as a character whatsoever. Like I, I liked the actor's portrayal. I thought the actor did a good job throughout it. I, just, I don't know. He did nothing for me. He really <laughs> didn't. Um, and you know maybe it was a script problem I mm-hmm. guess but I just never felt like he was a threat um, you know uh, but yeah no it, it, I mean I I can't like complain because they like misused a great Marvel character because Full Killer is you know no more than a C grade mm-hmm. like villain at best but it's so. just like episode 6 they, you know, they say oh I think we've unleashed him and then they unleash nothing. Yes, he's the exact same guy throughout the rest of the show, mm-hmm. and like he does, he's not amped anything up really. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He, they just never reach that next level of where I would have thought, man, this is like Kilgrave level of like. Villain. Yes, exactly, you know? exactly, and I think that's probably to the show's detriment. Like they had such a great villain, mm. you know, the first season where everyone's compared to you know. Kilgrave and there's no comparing you know so I mean last season didn't even have a villain a, a true no. villain and I, I, um, I treated it like it was a different like story type yeah and that's uh, and I think being... probably that's why I enjoyed the season more because at least I had that antagonist but, but yeah no, it but, wasn't enough and the story structure of the season was very and I, it's not as much better mm-hmm. but it's the same type of we have two villain structure as um, Iron Fist season one did, where we have a new villain at the very last episode, oh. where they did build up to it, but it wasn't like it. Like I would have rather been fine with him being the final villain, 
than Trish, you know? Yeah. And I I was okay with Trish, Trish's arc overall. Like, I felt like it was satisfying. I was glad that they went where they needed to go. You know, because I felt like she was really the villain of the second season, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same... Because I didn't want, like, a false redemption story for her. You know, because she... She became such an ugly character for me with the second season, so I'm glad they went all the way. But at the same time, it was weird because I felt like, you know, when they, in spoilers, when they kill her mother, she becomes sympathetic. So I'm like actually like rooting for her to fucking kill Salinger in the fucking elevator, which she fucking does. Mm. Um, So you kind of lose that where you're like, no, she's the, you know, because you understand, like, he just fucking killed her mom. So of course she's going after him, you know, um, you know, she just kind of goes astray, you know, when she's trying to like, you know, set up an alibi for Jessica where she can't stop herself, but she's gone through tons of trauma at this point. She just walked into her, you know, seen Mm -hmm. her mother tortured and killed. So, I mean, not that that's makes it okay for you to go (laughs) vigilante and, you know, hunting people down but at the same time you it's understand punisher you understand exactly you know it, which is a, a character that we praise so it just wasn't <laughs> enough for me you know i guess mm-hmm. in the long run where i was like i would just she needed to go heal <laughs> earlier for me you know like before salinger kills her mom like give me something to say okay she's already on this path she's been corrupted you know there's no saving her Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I felt like the final moment, the final little battle between her and Jessica were was a little too short, but I felt like it was effective at the same time. Visually, it was awful. What? Oh, with the knife strike? You know, well, like that? No, the, the, when it's in the dark mm-hmm. and like, you can still like the way that they did the lighting, you still like, if anyone was in there, both of them were clearly visible. Do you think that was because they're trying to show you Trisha's point of view though? They were, but they like they were showing like a she first person. The dark now, so they were showing a first person from her angle and showing Jessica in this like lit up way. Mm-hmm. But then whenever they would cut out to show the action sequences in that moment, they could have the shot it like was... um, they could have shot it like Silence of the Lambs, the final mm-hmm. scene where you know she can't see anything. She's got the fucking night vision goggles and everything. I felt like that would have been more effective. Probably. You know, so, and because it's almost like disorienting for the audience and everything like that, mm-hmm. where you can kind of get into the scene and get lost in the scene. Um, I think that would have been more effective. I agree. Um, but yeah, no, I, yeah. Once again, I feel like it was better than the second season, but overall disappointing, unfortunately. So um, it just sucks because it's such a great character. Mm. She deserves better. Um, Kristen uh, Ritter sounds like she's done though, even if they did offer her the character, um, you know, again to like, you know, another series, it feels like she's just from interviews and everything like that. It seems like she feels like the, the story's over, you know, and she, she needs to move on, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's going to be hard to like ha- find another actress who could portray her. Cause I feel like she really owned that yeah. role at this point. Um, and, but it's such a great character that I want to see it like go on. You know, and maybe, you know, in a couple years, you know, they reboot it and we get another, you know, series. Um, I don't know. I don't know, though. You know, after that first season, it, it just sucks. Because mm-hmm. it, it that first season for me is one of the best, you know, of the whole, like, 
you know, Marvel, Netflix, you know, shows. That, that, that was probably top top three, at least, mm-hmm. for me. So, um, what did you think about the end scene? You know, um, you know, where we get Jessica abruptly, I felt like, just, I'm out of here. Like, <laughs> I'm leaving. Um, I think I was, I, I didn't like that she was quitting. And then when they, you know, she turns around and decides not to leave. Mm-hmm. That fit her better. Yes. Like going up against, you know, the, the kill grave in her mind. Yes. 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 Do you think they were trying to hint at like Kilgrave still being around? Or you think no, it was that more was just... just like her subcon or her conscious like mm-hmm. getting to her and like, okay, no, I still, you know, there are other Kilgraves out there. I think that was just all put there. That whole sequence was just so that they could do like the friends goodbye mm-hmm. moments, you know, like, oh, you know, the show is coming to a close, so we have to clear out the house. And is that what happened at the end of uh, Friends? Oh, Friends and. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, you know, all those classic shows. <laughs> they all end the same way. Everyone leaves the house. I'll be there for you. <laughs> I didn't know you were such a Friends fan. I'm not a Friends fan. Uh-huh. uh-huh. You got Smelly Cat on your fucking phone right now, man. I don't even know what that oh, is. Oh, you're a liar. You're a liar. <laughs> I actually don't. <laughs> I'm sorry, Friends. friends. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, but okay. So... If you had to rate this show, Christian. Um, I'm going to give it a three. I'm going to go two and a half on this one. Just because the more we talk about it, the more I <laughs> don't like it. <laughs> well, you know what upset me the most? Was when they dangled fucking Luke Cage in front of us. And yes. The, and he's talking about the shit he's going through. And I'm like, man, that's that season that we didn't get, huh? And then... Like, but then at the same time, don't you feel like, are you being a hypocrite right now, Luke Cage? Because didn't you a become bit. a crime boss? Yeah. Right? Uh, it felt like it was almost like a tease for his next season. Yes. And I was like, oh. That we're never going to get. Right? <laughs> God, that was so, such a good I do feel show. like they closed out the characters mm-hmm. fine, you know? Like, it, they didn't leave a lot of, like, you know. And maybe that's a part of it. Maybe they had to like close out these arcs so abruptly for these characters because they, you know, maybe figured out halfway through the show that there's not going to be another season. Maybe that was kind of just everything kind of landed like, I don't know, like or didn't land, if you will. So, I mean, maybe that was part of the problem because I was like, is this really closure for Malcolm? Like, what is like, oh, here's no, my keys. Yeah. Like, okay. Just him and Jarrah, like, he gets called out by his, you know, his ex. Yeah, you know, I love you. Guy. And then she runs down the hallway, and that's it. Okay, so everyone's still miserable. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she she finds out the truth that, you know, yeah. he cheated on her and everything. She, she calls him out on it, and, and that's just, that, that's it. That's his end. Yeah, that's his that's story. It. And then he gets, Jessica hands him the keys. But she's coming back anyway. So maybe they'll be partners. I, I don't know. In a season that we'll never get. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. Because even, like, to me, like, isn't Jessica kind of being a hypocrite, too, with Trish? I mean, she did kill... Kill Kilgrave. Kill Kilgrave. I was thinking about that. I was like, well, you killed Kilgrave. Yeah. I mean... And, I mean, he was awful. Salinger isn't anywhere near the amount of evil as Kilgrave But he did torture her mother before he killed her and then put a photo of her dying face... In a photo book for her to find. <laughs> so he's pretty fucked up. 
Mm. You know, and even though I thought they did a good job of exploring their relationship, you know, and kind of taking a deep dive into that with that one episode where they kind of go back, um, you know, and kind of like show you what the mom, you know, who the mom really was and mm-hmm. everything. But, you know, I, I felt like, I don't know, like I was actually rooting for Trish to kill him. So, you know, maybe I messed up. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like once you start rooting for the main villain, like the whole parallel premise, you know, between Jessica and her gets lost, you know. So yeah, two and a half stars, <laughs> <laughs> which is sad, you know. Such a strong start to a series. I still have to watch Punisher. I haven't watched season. Yeah, I haven't watched it either. <laughs> but I'm dreading that one too, just because I know, regardless of how I feel about it, there's not going to be a third one. Mm-hmm. So you know. But that fucking third season of Daredevil is fantastic. Yes. God damn it. <laughs> the second season of Luke Cage was amazing. Yes. Amazing. I love... That's actually one of my favorite seasons. Such a ballsy choice. But maybe they knew. <laughs> maybe like, hey, fuck it. Let's go for it. <laughs> well, goodbye, Jessica. You'll be missed. Let's talk some fucking comic books. Yes. Hello, Radio World. This is K-Double here to let you know about KD5P. K-Double's Fifth Period Music Class, a bi-weekly music show here on the 4 Aces Presents Radio Network, where every other Friday night at 8, I take you on a musical journey through the careers of some of your favorite musical artists. So check me out on Spreaker.com backslash 4 Aces Presents Radio, or on iHeartRadio every other Friday at 8 p.m. on Revolving Door Episodes. Peace. KD5P. Christian, you like podcasts. I love them. I love podcasts. Have you heard of this new PodCoin app? No, I haven't heard of it. It's available for iPhones and Androids right now. It actually pays you to listen to podcasts. Really? Yes, yes. You get digital currency for listening to your favorite podcasts. But what could I even use digital currency on? Gift cards. Um, Amazon, Starbucks, I believe they even have Target. Um, you can also use that digital currency to donate to your favorite charity if you want. Wow. If really? you're actually a good person, unlike yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to really look into this. I listen to a lot of podcasts, damn it. Me like too. Daily. And I mean, you might as well get paid for it, right? Exactly. Um, and right now, if you go ahead and use the promo code NerdShow, you get started off with 300 coins. That's a good deal. Right? Doesn't get any better than that. So I would stop doing what you're doing right now. Well, wait till the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> and go download PodCoin. All right. The pod player that pays. All right, so first on the docket, we got... Um, Spider-Man 24. All right. So basically the story is going back to issue number one. And I have not been reading this whole series. Um, I jumped back on with mm. uh, the whole Craven, you know, storyline. So I'm guessing this is the first time that we've called oh, back yeah, to the issue, it's issue definitely, number there one. There was a huge break between. Okay. So, so like uh Peter dealt with like all these other issues in between. All right. So well, we're back to Quentin Beck, mm-hmm. you know, Mysterio. Um, he's, you know, 
in prison. He's seeing, I guess, the prison psychologists and everything. Um, and, you know, they're delving into his psychosis. What's, you know, making him have these breakdowns. Um, you know, and the entire time, you know, we're kind of getting, like, a introduction or a reintroduction into Mysterio and, you know, his whole origin and everything, which I thought was really well done. Um, you know, um, parallel, we've got Spider-Man at home, you know, and, you know, he's, you know, happy, content with Mary Jane, but at the same time, he still has, as always, has that little, like, sneaking, you know, sense of doubt in the back of his mind. Mm. And he keeps on thinking about the vision that he had, you know, when he was battling uh, Craven. Um, you know, so, which is, you know, Mary Jane laying on the floor, you know, dead. They, the last ep- uh, issue was an epilogue and they kind of like, at first I thought they were explaining it away where like Mary Jane actually, did you read last issue? Mm. Where Mary Jane like, accidentally like fell through the window like you know cut her arm or something like i was like if that was the vision he was having that's pretty fucking cheap <laughs> so but apparently that's not it uh but yeah so they go back and forth he's having these dreams where it seems like he's dreaming what is happening to quentin at the time like he's hearing everything that's happening so he may or may not be dreaming about yes it. exactly so quentin is sitting there you know in a session with his therapist and at the same time, he's being taunted by the being that we saw in the first issue. Um, you know, I thought this was well done. You know, um, I thought, you know, the the new villain, the Kindred, which, you know, we find out his name uh, at the end of the issue, which I guess was a big reveal. Um, I thought the way they kind of set it up and kind of had him taunting him and everything like that. Um, at the same time, you know, fucking with Peter was, you know, it was it was effective, mm. and I felt like it was a great way to kind of build up that character again and get reintroduced to that whole storyline, because I for I literally forgot about it all, you know. <laughs> so um, no, when the, the little bug shows up in the last issue, I was like, well, who the fuck is that? Yes, me too. <laughs> I was like, wait a second, what the fuck is this? Um, you know, I had a feeling it had something to do with, you know that villain but i didn't know exactly what happened storyline wise at this point but apparently not much which mm. is weird you know that they kind of set up that way it's a whole it was a whole thing with his roommates and then we got into the whole black cat stuff yeah with Boomerang. okay it, so it's weird because it's 24 issues later and now mm. we're you know back to it was good stuff you know so, all right i like it <laughs> and i enjoyed i enjoyed what spencer did with the whole craven mm. storyline so you know that's why i'm still reading the book you know, because I did drop it soon after, mm-hmm. you know, the first issue. Uh, but yeah, no, I thought this was well done. I thought it was a great reintroduction to the villain. I thought this was a great retelling of Mysterio's story, too. And everything that he's gone through um, as a character and everything like that. Where, like, you know, the Kindred had him kind of questioning his own sanity. Um, I'm assuming that he was somehow controlling the therapist at the same time. Like, influencing him also. Because it seemed like the, the therapist was getting hostile with you know quentin um so i mean he didn't want him to say his name yeah like over and over i was like okay wait is he the therapist also that was a little weird and they mentioned that this is the second therapist Mm -hmm. that quentin has had um but uh and at the end it seems like the therapist actually is seeing what you know the you know quentin's seeing um he blames it on Quentin where he feels like, is this one of your illusions? You know, insects just start dropping mm-hmm. from the, 
the, the ceiling. So I'm pretty fucking creepy, you know, especially for a, a Spider-Man, you know, comic <laughs> book. So, um, but yeah, no, I, 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 I'm invested in the storyline. You mm. know, I think it's cool. I love Mysterio as a character and everything like that. Um, you know, that whole Daredevil, you know, um, you know, uh, storyline that they referenced um, by Kevin Smith. Uh, it was a great, great, probably the best Mysterio storyline um, that they, that he's ever had. So I was, it was cool to see them call back, you know, on that. Because I felt like it finally, like, gave Mysterio some props, you know. It was this insane, like, scheme that it came up, like, duping Daredevil and everything like that. But it was a great, like, final act for the character. Um, it was one of those things where I was like, are you really bringing him back after he had this great fucking arc? <laughs> um, but they did. And, you know, but it sounds like they're, I like that they're revisiting that. And they're giving us a reason why that all happened because it was never really explained. And I had people kind of questioning like whether or not he actually did kill himself. It was just one of his tricks. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it sounds like he really did. It sounds like he really did go to hell. So I'm glad that like 15 years later <laughs> we're getting an explanation. <laughs> I, I, I enjoy deep cuts like that. I do. Mm. So, Well, do you think Kindred killed him in the, at the end of the issue or not? No, I don't think so. Mm. I think we'll see him again. You know, he's so, definitely not on the cover of the next issue. Right? Yeah, but I feel <laughs> like I feel like we'll get we'll somewhere in this arc he'll pop mm-hmm. up again. So, um, you know, and what perfect timing! Like I feel like they waited just oh, for yeah. you know far uh-huh. from home to <laughs> drop to get Mysterio on the cover. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely would recommend this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we have Avengers number 20. Uh, keeping up with the War of the Realms kind of tie-in. This was a good book. I actually really enjoyed it. It was a story of She-Hulk, pretty much. Yes, it was like a character story. Mm. Like a character, like, steady on her char- you know, her story and what she's been going through and everything. Because you never... You get a sense, like, reading the other Avenger books that she doesn't... Like, she's kind of battling the Hulk and everything like that. And, like, this new kind of, like, version of herself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like that this kind of kind of shed light on that. And I like that it was just focused on her. Because I felt like we haven't spent enough time yeah. with her in the Avenger books. Um, but, yeah. No, I really did enjoy that, you know. Um, it did make me miss the original version of She-Hulk, though. <laughs> strangely enough. Um but at the same time, I'm glad that it seems like she's going to have such a big part of like, mm. the next couple like Avenger arcs and everything. No, like they're that. doing a good job of like making each character feel like they're extremely important. Yes, because they did that with Robbie, mm-hmm. you know, and now they're doing it with She-Hulk. Um, you know, and this was a good way to do it, like in one of these kind of tie-in issues. You know, this is the perfect kind of tie-in where, like, yeah, we're going to use the tie-in as a backdrop, but we're also going to continue to tell our story, you know, and, you know, and able to kind of use the tie-in to, like, just focus and tell, like, a smaller story at the Mm -hmm. same time. So, um, but, yeah. What did you think about the, like, the reveal that the Celestials, like, have, like, big plans for her? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm curious to what they actually are. Like, it was, I totally didn't understand what Daredevil was trying to say mm-hmm. with her 
being like this cataclysm for war and everything. Yeah, well, I thought it was cool too because they use like Daredevil to like tell you what the next like four arcs are going to be mm. too. Like, I was like, oh, okay, so that's what where we're going with the Avengers <laughs> books. Uh, but yeah, no, like I said, it's a great like character study for her mm. and like what Jennifer like you know what makes her tick and where she's at and how she's kind of accepting these powers and actually like strangely like thriving with them you know how she's completely like unhindered now mm-hmm. um you know so it seems like she's almost relishing it which i didn't get that sense before with the character like it felt like she was trying to get back to normal um, but it seems like from what i got out of the book you know like her like you know doing the meditation with black panther that had more to do with like her trying to control the rage you know mm-hmm. so she doesn't just explode yeah. that gamma bomb thing that she <laughs> did a couple issues back. No, I, I like what they're doing now compared to what because uh, I was reading the Hulk book beforehand Okay, that, when it was her run and man I don't know they like, she was completely still like tormented by the loss of Bruce and everything and she's trying to hold in this bigger form of Hulk that she has now in her and everything and to see her like finally embracing it I think this is did so much better of an arc than what we got in that original run that she had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like that they were able to really expand on it mm-hmm. in this issue, you know, because that's all it takes is, you know, 21 pages, you know, where if she could feel like she was getting lost in the shuffle at times, mm-hmm. for me at least, in the other Avengers, you know, um, arcs. So, um, yeah, I hope they do more, more of this. So where we kind of get like more focus on certain characters, because I really like to get to know two more of like like Blade's motives and everything like mm-hmm. that. Because I keep on forgetting he's on the team, <laughs> you know. Because we he just kind of like got thrown into the War of the Realms. How you did know? they um put the uh, is that I'm pretty sure it's in this one? But how did they put the antidote for those guys? I have his, no clue. His in his fangs, I have no idea. <laughs> Maybe it's an antidote that doesn't affect him. You know, I don't understand vampire biology. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Comics. Uh I thought it was a cool scene, though. I did enjoy it. I love the uh, Deadpool moment as well, where he's like, why aren't you funny anymore? Yeah. (laughs) Because it feels like, it felt like Deadpool was the voice of the fans. Mm. Like, used to be me before me, because she was. She would break the fourth wall and everything like that. It was really a groundbreaking character at the time. Um, you know, cause she was, you know, doing things that Daredevil did. It was a, a complete like book, you know, just solely based around comedy, you know, and just kind of poking fun at the Marvel, Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a good time though. So I felt like De- Deadpool was really just being like the fan's voice. And I thought it was a great like explanation, you know, cause she's basically saying, you know, I'm free, you know, to be ugly. Mm-hmm. And then Deadpool's like, well, you could can't you do both you know like i mean it, but it makes sense for like in context for her character and everything in her arc so because she had like i mean besides in her own book she was always such a secondary character like she was just a fill-in mm-hmm. you know for the avengers for fantastic four at a time so i'm glad that this book is like really focusing on her yes finally so and we'll see what happens with her relationship with thor mm-hmm. that should be interesting so last but not least, we're doing War of the Realms number six, the final issue of the event. I really enjoyed this series. You know, from I'm not a huge like event book fan, but mm-hmm. I 
I felt like this was well done. I'm not a huge Thor fan, for that matter. Like, I like him in, like, teen books, but I never read an issue of, like, his solo book. Mm-hmm. You know, I really dug this, though. So, I mean, this was just, like, the most metal comic that <laughs> <laughs> you could possibly dream up. Um, you know, you got everything in this book, and then some. So I really, just a bunch of outrageous moments, you know, with some of your favorite characters, um, you know, beautifully, beautifully rendered by uh, the artist, which is Christian. Can you pull that name for me? That's pencil it, right? Yes. That's uh, Russell Donnerman. Yes, yes. Bravo. Um, I loved his work on this book, and I think... I can't imagine anyone else doing mm. this book. I mean, just, I mean, what he put on the page is so cinematic. Um, you know, I, I, I felt like just everything really just popped. Um, but yeah, this was a great job by Aaron. And yes. it makes me excited for, you know, what he's gonna, what he's got in store for the Avengers, really. Because um, he really just captures everything that's just fucking awesome about Thor. You know, what makes Thor such a great badass mm-hmm. in the Marvel Universe, you know? No, and it takes like a lot for me to care about mm-hmm. Thor because he's just, for me, he's so unrelatable. You know, until the movies. Like, the movies, you know, have done it right. But this is definitely to Thor. To a degree, the what, did it right. what, You're an asshole. <laughs> Ragnarok is awesome. You're literally the only person in the world who doesn't like that fucking movie. But anyway. <laughs> so, uh, that's neither here nor there. This is Thor done right. You know? This is more of what I want out of Thor. I mean, I felt like it was a great arc for the character. You know, he went through being unworthy. You know, now he's the god of the unworthy. You know, as he says, we see um, Milnor. We see Milnor, you know, reform. You know, he finally has his hammer back. Um, you know, in a, a great fucking moment. Like, once again, super cinematic. I mean, this artist really knows what he's fucking doing. So, uh, but yeah, and then, you know, he ends up getting the torch passed to him by Odin, you know, and ends up, you know, becoming the All-Father, the All-Father Thor. So, um, Loki's back, you know, at the end, you know, obviously, you know, the big fucking, uh, his dad, Lothi, um, his digestive system must be kind of slow because (laughs) Loki comes out whole after um who is it th- oh daredevil throws the yes. fucking sword in mm. his mouth daredevil's about to throw fucking fists with the frost giants you know at the end um i just i love all the weird character interactions in this series um you know this this last book was a little muddled for me just because i felt like you know so many storylines were coming crashing mm. together and i haven't been reading the tie-ins but i still feel like this is this is how you do an event book where like the the tie-ins are there to enhance the story, um, but it's not the end-all, be-all, where you're kind of, you're lost without, like, the 50 tie-ins that they do with these books. So, I don't know. I mean, how did you feel? I think the only thing I was, like, confused by was, like, the young Thor for a little bit there. Because uh-huh. I was like, how does this work time-wise and everything? Like, mm-hmm. where is this Thor from? Yeah, because we see the Fantastic Four mm-hmm. uh, grabbing uh, the older Thor, um, which it seems like he's going to get his own series. Oh, okay. looks like at the end of the book in the solicitations. I don't know if it's a mini series or whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm guessing because they didn't really show that, but I'm guessing that must have happened in one of the tie-ins mm-hmm. where they grabbed, you know, a younger Thor also. 
So I was fine. Like I, no, yeah, I, I was like it was fine. one of those things where it just took me two <laughs> panels to kind of figure out. No, um, I really think but, Aaron. Like this is the most successful event book I've read. You know. In the last couple of years. And we've had some shitty fucking yes. events. Like, like, <laughs> we really have. I mean, between like Infinity Wars and Metal, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, this this is what Metal should have been. You know, it's not bogged down by a bunch of exposition and everything. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just a bunch of like badassery, you know, panel to panel, um, beautifully done and just fun moments. You know, this is what a summer event book should be. Absolutely. So I, I really dug this book. I think it I think it'd be great to have it like collected and just a fun book to like revisit once in a while. So do you think this is something that you would pick up as like maybe a graphic novel form if yeah, they put it out? Yeah, just because it's so beautifully mm-hmm. done. Like the artwork is fantastic and just like I actually I'm tempted to like go back and like pick up some of the tie-ins too to see how, you know, those were done. Hmm. You know, I, I don't know how much Aaron had, like, input-wise with the tie-in books, but it, it actually gets me kind of wanting more from the story. <laughs> so and that that's I'm, not I'm, usually the case. I'm <laughs> definitely interested in, like, Captain Marvel's story where she goes and fights the, what, Queen of Cinder or something yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah, because in this she just kind of shows up with mm. her fucking head or something, right? So, um, yeah, no, I, I don't I dug this book a lot, man. <laughs> I really did, yeah. so... Um, yeah, I guess I'm a Thor fan. And it gets me excited <laughs> for what Aaron has in store for mm-hmm. the Avengers. You know, so, and I feel like he's been killing it on that book, too. So, yeah, pick up, pick up War Rubs. Yes, definitely. As a collection. And I think that's, that's going to do it for this episode. That's going to do it for this episode. Kind of a mini one, but we got through it. Hey, hey, at least they're getting episodes, yes. right? It is <laughs> two or one o'clock in the morning, yes. so, um, we, we recorded back to back, so, like I said before, if we sound tired... Too bad. <laughs> we are tired. <laughs> Alright, um, well, first off, definitely check out dramacityproductions.com where you can get us and plenty of other great podcasts. Definitely check it out if you need more content. Always more there to find. That's right, and you know what? You can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms. Um, and while you're there, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show, especially on iTunes, mm-hmm. because... We're a little podcast, we're independently run, and we live off that shit. So do us a favor, hit subscribe, or do yourself a favor, hit subscribe, (laughs) but, you know, give us that five-star review if you like what you're hearing, Um, you know, and hook us up with a review, too. Yes. Uh, If you want to find the perfect podcast platform, definitely head over to PodCoin right now. Uh, Tons of options for you there, and... Yes, like everything there. <laughs> and they actually pay you to listen, which is insane. Um, I don't know what kind of business model that is, but uh, <laughs> apparently it's working for them. But yes, um, as you listen to podcasts, you will collect coins. You can use these coins for gift cards to places like Amazon, Target, Starbucks. Um, and then if you're a good-hearted person, you could even take those coins and Send them to your favorite charity. And right now, we've got a special deal. Yeah, that's Nerd Show. Use that promo code Nerd Show when you join over there. Get 300 coins on us. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Christian, another way to support the show is you can pick up some awesome nerd swag. That's right, Damon. You can head over to ProWrestlingTees.com. Get some badass t-shirts of ours. That's right. Definitely check it out. That's right. And Christian, if they like the music that they're hearing right now, where can they check that out at? Well, they can head over to SoundCloud and check out DJ Greg Brebner. You can also find him on Instagram. Definitely badass 
DJ. Definitely check them out. And if you like our opening theme song, that is Them Guilty Aces. They're a great Chicago-based rockabilly band. Um, they're on iTunes. They're on YouTube. And if you're in the area, you can check out a show they play pretty much every weekend. So give them a listen. Make sure that you're keeping up to date with us. Uh, we'll definitely be posting about those great musicians, but also about all the great pop culture and nerd news there is on Facebook, on Twitter, and Instagram. That's so definitely right. give us a follow. And uh, all right, and Christian, will you be keeping everyone updated with your trip this uh, week? Yes, I'll be at RTX. That's the Rooster Teeth Expo. I don't, I don't think anyone actually calls it Rooster Teeth Expo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but, sure people understand what you're yes, talking about. Yes, it's RTX. Um, they they are the creators of Ruby, Genlock, um, um, Red versus Blue. So definitely. Uh, Check out our Instagram feed because that's probably where I'll be posting the most. Yeah, and if you're there, you know, Christian will be walking around with the title. Yes. So he'll be walking around and probably handing that title to all the best cosplayers out there. So, um, and you know, you can follow us on our Facebook and Instagram page to check out all those pictures. Hell yeah. All right, so that's going to do it for this week. Yes, I can't wait to our next episode where we're talking Spider-Man and Midsummer. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be a good four-hour yes. episode. All right. <laughs> All right. So my name's Christian. And my name's Damon. And that's the Amazing Dude Show. You're talking big doo-doo this time.